boxed, ready for Saturday morning's Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you. On this Saturday morning, the 8th of June, on today's show, New Zealand's Peter Fenimore will be chatting about the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar that will be run there tomorrow. And Darren Pulio will join me to talk about Out of Range and his new career in Ireland. What's making news around the kennels? The Benalla coursing meeting that was to be held last Sunday, which included the Benalla Cup, unfortunately had to be abandoned after the lure broke down after a few courses and was unable to be repaired on the day. It was extremely disappointing, as you can imagine, for the club, as those few courses had been run prior to the breakdown. The rest of the stake money will be split, however, amongst the greyhounds that were still in contention at the time the meeting was called off. Benalla will host the Oaks and Derby on July 20 and 20, 20th and 21st, so let's hope they have more luck then. With the State of Origin series wrapping up at Albion Park on Thursday night, Victoria and South Australia are set to hold one of their own later in the year, with the winner being guaranteed a berth in the Adelaide Cup final on October the 11th, as well as a Sandown shootout on November the 14th. In addition, the winner of the Adelaide Cup will receive an automatic entry into the Top Gun should connections of the dog accept. More information can be found on the GRV website. A little while ago, GA CEO Scott Parker joined me to talk about the greyhounds that were coming back from Macau to Australia after the closure of the Canandrome racetrack there. All 18 greyhounds that were due to come back will be here by next week. The dogs seem to be in good health, with some undergoing some vet and dental work that is being funded by Greyhounds Australasia. The operation to get these dogs back here has cost Greyhounds Australasia tens of thousands of dollars, so well done to Scott and the team for the action taken to ensure that these greyhounds have a bright future. James Vandermart had his work cut out in the first at Healesville on Sunday with an erratic chaser named Kuzma providing some entertainment throughout the race with his drunken style of chasing. He still managed to win the race even when he looked back to see where the rest of the field were. The dog obviously has loads of ability but was sent on a three-month holiday and owner Jess Hopkins has said that he's now retired from tab racing and she is keeping him as a pet. And finally, the Gap Adoption Day coming up at Sandown on Saturday the 22nd of June between 1 and 3 is now at capacity. So if you are looking to adopt a retired chaser... Every day is Adoption Day at the Seymour Kennels or listen out for some upcoming Adoption Days. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And joining me now from New Zealand is Peter Fenimore who's right in the mix with greyhounds over there and tomorrow the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar Final will be run. Good morning, Peter. Yes, good morning, Simone, and uh, great to hear from you uh, from over there. And, yes, very exciting time for New Zealand Greyhound Racing. Of course, tomorrow afternoon at the Manukau uh, Stadium, the running of the $100,000 road Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. Now, this race has got plenty of history behind it, hasn't it? And it is an actual silver collar that was given to the racing club there by Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh. Yeah, that's correct, um, uh, Simone. Yeah, uh, uh, the collar is, is solid silver. It was it was uh, crafted by uh, the Royal Engravers in London, uh, Brabantons, um, under the instructions of uh, the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, it came about following the 1970 New Zealand uh, Royal Tour of New Zealand, um, when the Auckland Greyhound Club donated a greyhound uh, to the Duke. That greyhound raced up under the name of Royal Commission, and he actually contested three. Collars. He ran second in the 
second in the inaugural running. He won the second running and ran third um, in the uh, third running of the collar. Um, the Duke um, had it. Uh, all state money uh, won by the Greyhound was to be uh, donated to the Duke of Edinburgh Trust. Right. So it's um, not just a, it's steeped in tradition, this. It's not just winning a group event then, is it? There's a lot more going on behind the scenes. It's a heck of a lot of uh, prestige um, associated uh, with the events of Moan. And it's, it's a race that everybody involved in Greyhound Racing New Zealand would, dearly, um, would love to be involved with, uh, let alone win the great race. It sounds to me um, it may be the equivalent of our Melbourne Cup, and I know you've been over many, many times to our big races here in Victoria. So is it about the equivalent? Oh, absolutely, Simone, yes. Uh, uh, you know, well, it'll be the equal biggest race on the New Zealand national calendar. Of course, the $125,000 New Zealand Cup uh, race in November, uh, that's on par with the silver collar. And another interesting fact, Peter Ely, who is the race caller, this will be his 47th race call of the event. He hasn't missed one. No, um, he called his inaugural one in 1973. Of course, there have been two runnings of the collar. He actually watched uh, those first two runnings live. And ever since 1973, uh, Peter's called uh, the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar. And I'll tell you what, Simone, his commentaries on this race is very, very colourful and, um, yeah, just really wants uh, to make you uh, feel involved in it. Yeah, no doubt it will be. Really looking forward to it, Peter. But let's uh, talk about the race itself now. Um, it's full of ex-Australians. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, we have uh, three New Zealand bred greyhounds or uh, stars um, in the event. But, hey, nothing wrong with the Aussies coming across here. Look, um, you know, ring the bell, of course, uh, whom you know, obviously uh, you know very well. Uh, he won the last two silver collars. In fact, he was the first greyhound to go back-to-back and winning the race. I've just got to uh, mention, um, uh, the silver collars race over the extreme 779-metre distance, which I understand mm. is the longest uh, uh, greyhound race in Australasia. It's demanding, and um, look, the heat's held last Sunday. The eight stayers involved are required to within that seven-day period. And I can I can assure you, Simone, over the years, I've seen many, many uh, fail to back up. Right. I was, I was going to talk to you about this because the tracks in New Zealand, are they a little bit heavier? Are they prepared differently to the ones here in Victoria? They look a little... The sand looks a little bit looser on the screen, but um, perhaps you can tell us differently. Yeah, uh, most uh, definitely you're quite correct there. Um, the tracks are yeah, more of a heavier nature, so we don't get the electric times uh, that you have like at uh, Sandown Park um, at the Meadows. But, um, yeah, it all adds to the fascinating uh, nature of this race. So when you talk about greyhounds backing up then, um, it was an interesting, well, the dynamics in the final are interesting. Um, plenty of stories. James Vandermark bred the Red Van de Gambo and also Billy's Bake. Um, Dinah Weslin started her career in New Zealand, came over around Melbourne Cup time for the Bold Trees, uh, ran a few races here in Victoria and has gone back. You had a winner get up at $76.90. You had Dinah Weslin at $1.30. Plenty going on. But so a greyhound like Dinah Weslin, who also had the track record at um, another track, I think, prior to that, is she likely to back up? She's a front runner. Um, Did she do it hard last week, Peter, or do you think that she's the type that, will start favourite and um, it won't bother her. 
She will definitely start the favourite, and I firmly believe uh, that tomorrow's race is hers to lose. Look, uh, she was phenomenal at Addington two races ago. She shattered the 732-metre track record. She then came up to Auckland. Uh, she trialled at Manukau in between uh, the Addington race and um, uh, her heat uh, last Sunday. Yep. She trialled very sty- uh, stylishly, and then she came out and delivered her pacemaking uh, 46 and 36 uh, heat win, considerably faster uh, than the other heat. I believe that uh, Dinah Wesleyan is the type of star uh, who definitely can do it at both ends of her races. She can lead out, and she's just as strong during the run home. Right, then we've got Rip and Sam, who um, you know we've all got an interest in over in Victoria. He has been over in New Zealand for a little while now. Um, what have you been making of his runs over there, Peter? His style was always getting back and running on, but um, he managed fourth in his heat last week, fourth out of eight. And we probably uh, maybe expected to see a little bit more of him in the finish. Are we expecting too much? Um, is the distance a little bit far for him? Or do you think, um, you know, maybe he's getting used to the style of racing in New Zealand? And he just, uh, I don't want to put the dog down because we saw some cracking runs over here and he's a group one winner. But maybe I just expected a little bit more of him in his heat. Simone, I believe he's the smoky in the final tomorrow. Uh, Rip and Sam, he was endured a completely luckless heat. Um, he was impeded virtually all the way. Uh, he put in some real big strides to get up to fourth and then claim his place in that final. Um, his win at the Manawa 2, two races ago over 720, that was an astounding win. Look, he... Uh, uh, yeah, he completely outstayed uh, Ebby Ripper, of course, another one of your stars, first yes. reserve tomorrow. Um, he got up and snatched that win uh, very, very impressively. Uh, drawing Trap 8, uh, speaking to the uh, trainer's partner, Paul Freeman, uh, he is convinced that uh, Trap 8 is ideal for Rip and Sam. I believe he's a big, uh, uh, he's a potentially a big player tomorrow. Let's hope so, because we loved his runs over here. I mean, on my radio show alone, he, he got that many runs of the week last year and perhaps I am just um, a little bit of out of out of touch with him at the moment obviously not watching every New Zealand race but it's great that you can give us the late mail on him and look if he is anywhere near what we saw in Victoria when he was racing against his brother Tornado Tears well perhaps you know like you say the smoky because we just know how much ability Rip and Sam has got and I guess I was just waiting for him to unleash at the end and you know thought oh he's really got this but Peter the other runners in the final like we mentioned James Vandermart um, bred two of them and owns one of them Jerry O'Keefe has got the two runners of um, those that we're talking about Vander Gambo and Billy's Bake and Jerry, like you mentioned, back to back with Ring the Bell, so he certainly knows what it takes to win one of these finals. Oh, absolutely, Simone. Yeah, look, uh, both of them are in second uh, in the heat. Spender Gambo really caught my eye. Um, that was a heady performance uh, by the Greyhound. Uh, he pressed on stoutly. He was actually taking ground off Dino Wesleyan at the business end. He finished up four lengths um, behind her. He draws the one track tomorrow. I expect a bold race uh, from, from uh, Van der Gambo. And Buddy's bake, yeah, um, uh, he set up a pace in his heat. Um, he got cut back late by the rank outsider. 
uh, the time, as I mentioned before, considerably slower. Those are 47.04, and that's the part that concerns me. Look, I spoke on the jury during the week. He is very, very happy uh, with the way both uh, stars have pulled up. Um, they have worked very, very nicely during the week, and he expects uh, competitive uh, races from them tomorrow. And incidentally, Simone, uh, James flew into Auckland last night. Oh, no doubt he would, for sure. Other chases, of course, I don't want to um, not mention... Your local chase is Classy Witch, uh, big time Chloe, a big run from her, like we mentioned, the $76.90 that she paid. Shooter's Hill is another one um, I haven't spoken about, a no, no anxiety. So between those other four, Peter, um, can you give us any brief update on those greyhounds? Yeah, absolutely, Simone. Uh, big time Chloe, look, uh, she's a Dow type of star, and we saw that in the manner that she won that heat. You know, in that massive upset last Sunday. Mark Goodyear is first Group 1 uh, runner tomorrow, and um, he's just um, ecstatic you know, about being involved in the race. Like he said that uh, she was bouncing around on her lead uh, come Monday morning. Uh, he's got no uh, qualms about her running out of strong 7.79. Yeah, probably the first four thin end looks the best for her. Gary Cleave, look, he breeds uh, his own stars. Of course, uh, he raced one with uh, success um, over in Victoria and Queensland uh, about three or four years ago with no class. Uh, classy, which nicely drawn on that uh, two trap. She's going to settle in just behind that pace. Uh, she won't flinch at the business end. And the kennel mate known, Zyves, uh, Anxiety um, is the marvellous achievement just to qualify. She uh, she hasn't even won a stone race yet, and, and yet uh, she's lining up in that great uh, race tomorrow afternoon. Oh, plenty of other fantastic stories to come out of this, and um, no doubt it, it will be a very exciting race, and can't wait to hear, hear and see it, Peter. And um, yeah, whatever happens, I'm, I'm sure there'll be something, you know, it will be history in the making again, and one very lucky trainer will be able to see that silver collar that lives in a bank vault for 364 days of the year. They'll be able to see it on their greyhound tomorrow. And they take the opportunity for a photo shoot uh, with the greyhound. And uh, the winning connections uh, get uh, gets a replica of the silver collar. So, um, yeah, they do get a treasured uh, memory of the great race. Oh, it sounds fantastic. Look, all the very best. And thank you for joining me on Talking Greyhounds this morning, Peter. It's been wonder- wonderful having you on and telling us about this prestigious race. And, um, you know, maybe it might be one of those ones that we need to put on the radar over here because it sounds like it's just it would be a wonderful achievement. Oh, for sure, Simone, and uh, hey, uh, I know, thank you very much for your interest over there. I know a lot of Australians keenly follow the Silver Collar, and um, so uh, tomorrow afternoon, and that field will be released at uh, 1.48pm your time. Race 10 on the card at Manukau. Don't miss it. We won't. Thanks, Peter. Cheers, Simone. Thanks. Racing out of range on the inside again. Okay, Dinawasra out the centre again. Fast and just behind them then came Dagani. Out of range, got through on the inside and got out of the straight now. From in the centre there came Dagani, followed by Dinawasa. Railing through, fast car driving on the inside. Then came Eman Bale about four lengths away. Mossy Mobile, Fernando Express and Dinawasa. Coming off the back and out of range leader. Trying pretty hard there, fast car driving Dagani on the outside. And right down the outside, Dinawasa. It's out of range in front and out of range. Won the Silver Chief. Dagani second, third, fast car driving, flying at the end there. Mossy Mobile followed by Dinah Waza. And then came Iman Bale. And joining me now is owner of Out of Range, Darren Pulio. And Darren, you must uh, never get tired of hearing that replay. 
No, nah, it's certainly a good memory, that's for sure. Oh, it, it sure is. But um, a change of career now for Out of Range. Um, he flew to Ireland this week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He left on uh, Monday and he's there now, all safe and sound. But, yeah, travelled pretty well. Oh, that's good, to, uh, that's good to hear. I was going to say, obviously, you would have heard how he travelled and um, they probably, well, he probably would have lost a little bit of weight and all that and a change in climate over there. But um, is, has he settled in okay? Yeah, he has. He's settled in really well. Like, he did lose a little bit of weight, but he's, he's quite a good traveller. Um, he's a very relaxed dog, so that was obviously in his favour. Oh, that's great to hear. Now, he um, is by Fernando Vale out of the very, very good producer, Nicky Fields, a brother to Poke the Bear, and this litter have been sensational. There was eight greyhounds in the litter, and between them they won 137 races and over $1.1 million in stake money. You must uh, really sometimes pinch yourself and think, gee, this is a, a greyhound that I've bred and a litter that I've bred and they've done so well. Oh, it's just a dream come true, really. Like every breeder tries to get one winner, uh, let alone to get trying to get eight. And, <laughs> you know, for the litter to produce dogs that have been competitive at group level, uh, I think we've had four in the litter that raced at group level. Um, two of those, you know, obviously at, at multiple group races, Um yeah, it's just a dream come true. So out of range now, um, he's headed to Ireland to do stud duties over there. Uh, can you tell us all the story about this? Because I'm sure that would have been a, a quite a, a hard decision to make. Yeah, look, it was. We, we, we were obviously, well, I've been approached by various people in various countries to um, get some of these dogs over there. Um, we had a, a fairly substantial offer from Ireland um, that didn't quite turn out the way it should have. Um, the, the money was there, everything was right. But in my own mind, I wasn't sure. I, d- I just felt the dog was going to end up in China. So rather than just send the dog over for money, um, you know, the dog owes us plenty. Sorry, we owe the dog plenty. Yes. Um, so I, I just felt like it wasn't right. And, and I just knocked the offer back. Um, we'd had three or four different approaches from Ireland. And, um, yeah, look, here, obviously, we're starting off here. It's been good, but very competitive here in the stud market. And there's a lot of other good dogs around that, commercial dogs that people were using. Um, we've got we've sold, you know, probably about a dozen odd straws very quickly here. Um, not all of those have been used yet, which is, you know, probably a bit disappointing in the sense that he hasn't got the pups coming through on the ground. So, mm. um but it's, it's all evolving as we go through. And I'm sure um, he's only young too, so he's got plenty of plenty of time. He's three and a half almost. Um, so I guess you're getting a stud career happening can take a little bit of time, but it's getting those pups on the ground, isn't it, um, that do the talking? Look, without a doubt. And, and you know, look, over there, like I said, we will post. They, they were after a son of Fernando Bale over, over in Ireland and, Obviously, half the secret is trying to be the first one, which obviously he is. Yes. Um, they've got quite a few bitches lined up for him already, which is good. Yeah, I've got quite a good bank of straws here, and the ability, the, the advantage I've got is that we still own the dog. Mm. So when I need straws, I can always bring straws home. So there's no issue from that point of view. I think that's a, a wonderful point you make, Darren. You were offered a lot of money for this greyhound, and for some people, it would probably have been life changing, or you know, made a big difference to their life. Um, but you've knocked that back because you don't want this greyhound to end up in a place where it's not 
desirable and after what he's done for you and the fact that you've thought, right, he can go over there but I'm going to still own him, I think that speaks volumes about your character um, and what yeah, the look, greyhounds do mean. Money, Simone, you know, like, no. it, it, you get to a point in the dogs and it's hard to explain um, that it, it's no longer about the money. It's, you know, we're at that same stage when the dogs were racing with Poke the Bear and had a range and fully loaded and true talent and it becomes about the quality of races that they win. And, you know, we've won races that I've never thought we'd win in a million years. Mm. And we've just had a lot of success um, with this litter. It's just been a, a fantastic ride. They owe us nothing. Nicky Fields owes us nothing. Um, and, yeah, like I said, it's not all about the money. For me, he's got a life over in Ireland, uh, which he would have a life here. But why not take advantage of it and, and see if we can get some good offspring out of him? and um, let him contribute something. That's the way I sort of looked at it. Yeah, and the irony is that you've got Poke the Bear over here who, by all accounts, is infertile. Um, you know, hopefully down the track there may be some medication or, or something, Darren, that, you know, you might be available to change that. But at the moment, you know, you're not going to have any luck there. And um, no. it, it's interesting that you've, yeah, you've decided to send him over there when if Poke the Bear was right, um, he would have a full book, I'm sure. Yeah, but like I said, we, we do have um, straws here and we have the ability to bring straws home. So from that point of view, we're not, we haven't really lost anything. It's just the dog's not here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the fact that he, that he is over there, he's going to be serving a lot of bitches over there. Uh, Australian sires have been very successful over in Ireland and, and the UK. Um, and there's also other markets that it opens up to as well, obviously in other countries as well, being so close to them over there. Mm. What traits... Do you think um, attracted them to him? Um, what traits did he have as a race dog? I mean, we know we saw him as a hard chaser, a good beginner. Is that what attracted them to him for their breeding over there? Uh, I think um, what they're excited about, they're excited about a bit of strength. Right. Um, because he can run the six to 700 metres. Um, they're excited about that. And also the fact that he did have a little bit of pace early as well. So it's um, they're sort of two strings to his bow. He's not just a, a you know, a one-trick pony type, type of dog. No, no. Um, and I think that's what they, they liked about him. Um, we've also got interest for fully loaded as well. We've had interest for him over in Ireland as well because of his early pace. Yes. Um, but he's a dog that we're just starting to collect here now. Right. And um, we'll start to, to, to market him at some point and then we get further down the track. And Neville Wakefield did a, a tremendous do- job with Fully Loaded as well, didn't he? Um, oh, he's done a great job. Yeah, it, not not out there like the Thompsons. He just sort of potted along doing his thing and Fully Loaded was in a number of cups and, like you mentioned, that early pace. Uh, not much could go with him early. Oh, yeah, look, and the relationship that he's got with the dog and the dog's got with him is just unbreakable. Mm. Um, it would uh, it would kill either of them if they got separated. Oh right! <laughs> <It> really would. <laughs> oh, well, he might, yeah. he might not they're be like, going over there. <laughs> they're like chalk. Oh no, he's not going anywhere. Look, it doesn't matter what money uh, they offer us for fully loaded. He's staying with Neville. Right. Um, and, and that's the way it is. It's nothing will change my mind from that. Oh, it's wonderful to hear, Darren. Really, uh, like I've mentioned before, it really shows your true character and how you feel about these greyhounds. But. Do you know what I'm thinking? Gee, you're going to have some trips to Ireland. You'll just have to make up an excuse. I've got to go and see my dog and make sure he's okay. <laughs> I'm missing him a little bit. Maybe a trip to Ireland. <laughs> yeah, we're actually going next year. Uh, my daughter lives over in Liverpool, so we're going over there anyway. Um, 
So, yeah, definitely be going to Ireland as well. Uh, sounds great. And one last point. Um, this litter were whelped on Christmas Day in 2015. <laughs> so you can really, um, you know, you're living proof that your Christmases can all come at once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't the night before, I could tell you. I was getting pretty nasty looks from the wife, um, especially <laughs> when she found out it was happening Christmas Day and that I wasn't going to be there Christmas Day. Uh, I think that day it was actually held at my sister's place, so... Um, up until the day before, I wasn't going. Uh, uh, well, I'm <laughs> sure they were born. Uh, she, I think she had the first pup at about one thirty in the morning on Christmas Day, right? Um, and went right through till about uh, ten o'clock or something like oh, that. Oh goodness! So it wasn't. Luckily, it wasn't too long, but it was a bit tiring for the next day. No, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm <laughs> sure it was. But um, look, uh, like the best Christmas present you could ever have, having that litter. So yeah, well done. Yeah, no, no, it's certainly been a good ride, that's for sure. It has. Thanks so much for joining me on Talking Greyhounds this morning, Darren. Really appreciate your time again and hearing about Out of Range. And no doubt we will see some of his progeny running around. Yep, thanks a lot, Simone. It's the expert pick, Simone's Run of the Week. Away in racing and Blue Striker began fast tonight. He's straight up to challenge early Dinah Benet who goes through to lead Blue Striker and often imitated right there. Slicing through now to take the lead. So often imitated. Takes control by a length and a half. Blue Striker, Dinah Benet go seek Fernando. Then Lucy's Milo, mid to be cash. A break now to Dinah Zarvel and Dinah Carney was down and out at the start. But often imitated, speared away off the back by four lengths. Blue Striker giving chase. A break then go seek Fernando. It's often imitated all out. Blue Striker storming home, but a bit too late. And often imitated one at three quarters. Blue Striker, two and a half third. Go seek Fernando. And then Dinah's An outstanding run there by often imitated at her very first 595 metre run at Sandown in the very good time of 34 and 13. So she gets my run of the week. Last week's dog to follow, Get It Gizmo, backed his quick Ballarat win up with a win at Warrigal on Tuesday night in 25 and 60. 61, which was best of the night. His record is now five starts for four wins and one placing. Watch out for him. I haven't been able to find him engaged anywhere this week. My dog to follow this week is Mr Harlwood, who won his maiden final at the Meadows last Saturday night by over 13 lengths in 29 and 87. He's in tonight at box six, race one at the Meadows. My best bet is race two, number two, Emerald Rainbow tonight at the Meadows also. Drops in class and looks well drawn. And nothing specific coming up, but we do have that Greyhound Adoption Day in a couple of weeks at Sandown. The Bendigo Cup Eats and Queensland features are a few weeks away also. But of course, the New Zealand Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar final tomorrow. And Peter Fenimore's numbers were 5, 1, 8 and 2 in that final. But for now, like we always say on this program, you keep those tails wagging.